media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, where we take a look at forgotten or near-forgotten pieces of media. I'm one of the hosts, Steve, and with me is my co-host, Yehel. And we are. Happy. <laughs> Why did I say that like a question? <laughs> it was a question. <laughs> I, my name is Yehel. I've confirmed. <laughs> Sounds like you had a long think about it, and you finally found yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am me. Well. I care a lot that you are here and that the audience is here listening. Do you care? I care, but uh, some of these puns uh, might be unbearable. Oh, oh, oh. and we just lost everyone, Uh, but that's okay. It was (laughs) worth it. Totally worth it. All right. Well, if you can't tell from our uh, bear puns, uh, we are going to be taking a look at the original Care Bears movie from uh, 1985. Uh, But first, we are gonna look at some Hot Topics. Hot Topics. Not cold, not warm, but hot, 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 hot topics. Yes, this is the section where we take a look at some of the hot news that's uh, going on in the uh, in the world right now uh you know stuff that's bound to be obscure in the future like i would love uh to be in like the year 3000 and just like oh be just like a regular guy and be like hey do you remember do you remember when they made that miss marvel movie and it was, or no wait captain marvel movie and it was terrible um but, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh anyway let's see um And speaking of Marvel, boy, look what I did there. Our first topic is uh, is the Mm. Eternals trailer. Um, It uh, dropped (laughs) last last week at some point uh, to a very uh, lackluster reception. I mean, I don't know anyone who uh, was excited about it. What were your thoughts on the Eternals trailer, you hell? Man, under... Overwhelming. Uh, I think even if you're a fan of the Eternals, I don't know how this would get you excited uh, for it. Let me uh, jump in there quick. <laughs> Do you know any fans of the Eternals? Uh, no, Steve. I was going to ask you because I thought you might be, but I. I mean, there. I remember in the early 2000s when they had the Marvel uh, Max imprint. There was like you know a, a Max version of the Eternals that came out, and I was just like. Huh? I mean, I know who they are and where they came from. It's like a Jack Kirby thing from all the way back mm-hmm. in the 70s. Now, why wh- why Disney slash Marvel thinks that this is going to be a hot property now? It's beyond me. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I think a lot of people, though, to be fair, to, or at least to play devil's advocate, said the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure, um, sure. And, you know, that obviously worked out pretty well for them, so... 
But I would say that, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they sort of, you know, they marketed out the gate uh, with a bang. They told you who every single character was, so you knew who they were going in. I remember in Mm -hmm. every, like, cinema, there was a cardboard cutout of Drax, Rocket Raccoon, uh, (laughs) all the others... And they were specifically talked about in like in the trailers and stuff, so that way you could get to know them like before you went in. Like, can you tell mm-hmm. me anything about any of the Eternals? I mean, this is a teaser. I'll give them that, but but man, like it doesn't te- tease. It doesn't give you anything, like except for yeah. Just- there was literally zero information about the Eternals uh, in the trailer, like whatsoever. And, and, and yeah, you're right. The Guardians of the Galaxy did a much better job of like, you, you understood like these characters and like, oh, okay. You know, this one's like the goofy guy or whatever. And star Lord, you know, and that kind of stuff. And yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't know shit. I, I, I somehow feel like I know less about the Eternals after watching the trailer. (laughs) It actually (laughs) made me dumber. Uh, I mean, and no one like, even looks cool i would say they, right. it all looks uh, pretty bland like there's no yeah. guy like if you if you were to look at the x-men and you didn't know anything about them or even gi joe you would probably pick out wolverine and say that guy looks cool or you'd pick out snake eyes and say that guy looks cool uh because you know they've got like freaking blades and you know coming out of their hands or swords but there's these look like nothing yeah, these just look like regular cosplayers you'd see hanging out of either <laughs> out of a Comic Con or out of the uh, Man's Chinese Theater down on Hollywood you know, Boulevard. I'm uh, I'm really surprised because uh, the the guy I, I don't know the actor's name, but uh, the guy that played Kumar right and Harold mm-hmm, and Kumar, mm-hmm. uh, he's in it. And from what I understand, he got in like super amazing shape for the movie. So I was <laughs> expecting them to for sure do the thing they did with Guardians of the Galaxy when they showed like Chris Pratt mm-hmm. all buff and shirtless. I'm right. like, oh, that's gonna be the money shot, right? So people go, oh, okay, so they have something interesting in the trailer. Nah, they just end with that terrible joke. I think he makes it. About being uh, about oh I could lead the Avengers. No, that was the bland white guy. Um, uh, all these people are like homogeneously interchangeable yeah, and boring. They they really are uh, absolutely. But um, do you think you'll actually go to the theater for this? <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought you were just. I didn't even think you were going to start at the theater. I thought you were just going to go. Will you watch it? Just <laughs> in some if you way. Found a broken VHS of the <laughs> Would you look at it? Would you look at the cover? Um, okay. Nah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to the theater. Well, I'll, maybe I'll watch it like once it hits streaming services. But what about you? Um, yeah, same for me. But one uh, little uh, fun fact is that this movie is directed by the, um, uh, the, Chinese, the female Chinese director who just won Best Director for... Uh, called Nomadland or something like that and they specifically chose her so they could have an in with China but then she spoke against China and now they don't want to have anything to do with her so uh, that's pretty funny that's a nice little feather in their marketing cap Uh, so so Eternals is off to a great start it's gonna make a great uh, YouTube video in a couple years for oh sure there'll be tons of people talking trash about it I mean but hey prove me wrong I mean if it's if it's yeah, good, if it's good, I mean, I'll be the first person to admit it. Um, yeah, it, it, off to a bad start though, with the marketing at least. Right. I mean, I really don't have high hopes for Phase Four, other than Doctor Strange Two. Other than that, 
everything else can just yeah be fleshed. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I've been surprised before by Marvel movies. I, I mm-hmm. there's been some that I didn't I thought I was gonna hate, and I ended up enjoying them. So keep an open mind, I guess. <laughs> Call me now. I don't know why I thought about that. <laughs> Call me now for your future movie review. Okay, next up is. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows, but Amazon bought the legacy studio uh, MGM, and uh, now they own RoboCop and uh, and Rocky. So, my question to you, Yahel, is: Are you looking forward to the Rocky versus RoboCop? Movie? Uh, what I'm actually looking forward to is Jeff Bezos playing both Rocky and RoboCop. You know, Jeff Bezos could pull off RoboCop. I mean, he's already bald. Um, isn't he? He is bald, right? Yeah, yeah, he's bald. Yeah, he's yeah. actually in pretty good shape too. So there you go. How tall is he? Is he tall enough? He's just well. If he's standing on a stack of money, he can be as tall as you need him to be. <laughs> That's right. It's like, what do you mean I'm not tall enough? Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Oh. Right this way. Here's your RoboCop suit. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Is it like a? Uh, how does it make you feel knowing that like? All of the major, almost all of them, except for like Paramount um, and maybe one other one, like all of the major Hollywood studios are all owned by like tech companies, basically. How does that make yeah, you it's feel, a, you hell? It's a little, it's definitely a little weird. Um, you know, I think it was inevitable, unfortunately. But uh, I, I don't know if I like feel any particular way about it because there's nothing we can really do about it. Right. And I, I guess I'm more concerned with how the final products will be because, you know, you, you, you talked about like jokingly about a RoboCop uh, Rocky, you know, <laughs> crossover or whatever. Right. And like, yeah, like that's probably not going to happen. But you might see like some interesting like mashups and things that if done well could be fun, but they probably won't be done well. Well, I mean, I'll say that as far as making a little bit off the beaten path, like adult entertainment, like with the boys and Invincible. Yeah. I say we have a pretty decent shot of getting like a good, possibly R-rated RoboCop RoboCop, movie. yeah. Uh, That's a good point. So, Or even a series, maybe. Yeah. Oh, we still need I to think watch. I'd rather, I think I'd rather that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like HBO style or something like that. Uh, or boys style, I guess, would be the way to say it. But yeah. uh, And I will say, uh, you bring up a good point, because like, at least Amazon has been smart enough to like say, okay, this is a property that should be made uh, in the soft for mature audiences. You know, they haven't really, at least as far as I know, tried to like uh, soften up some of the uh, more mature franchises they've taken up. Yep, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, okay. I think that's it. Let me see. Uh, oh, yes. How could I forget this? All right. Uh, the world of Highlander was rocked when it was announced <laughs> that Henry Cavill has signed on to be in the Highlander remake. Uh, I think a lot of people assumed that he was going to be Connor McCloud, but it really mm-hmm. they haven't really said one way or the other. Uh, how do you feel about this news? And how do you feel about Highlander in general? I like Highlander. Uh, I don't think I'm as huge a fan of it as as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's a good choice. I mean, you know, he's going to look the part. He's really good at those kinds of parts. So, yeah, I think it's a great choice. And obviously he brings, like, you know, re- name recognition For to sure. a property that could p- sorely use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing 
uh, I mean, aside from, okay, obviously you need a good leading guy, which uh, he is. I think he could be good as the hero or the villain. Uh, yeah. But, um, like, the best thing about the original Highlander movie, I mean, it, aside from, I guess, Sean Connery, was uh, the crazy, like, direction. Oh, and the Queen soundtrack, of course, was the crazy, like, uh, camera work that uh, Russell Mulcahy, like, brought to that movie. And, like, just charged it with uh, so much awesome energy. So all I'm trying to say is that I hope the new Highlander has a good uh, director and um, they uh, Mm. don't ruin it um, like so many other things. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, Highlander has already been kind of ruined towards the end anyway, right? They ruined it themselves, yeah. So really, I mean, (laughs) it's a low bar. It's a low bar. It just needs to be okay to be better, basically. Man, gosh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess there's other ways they could ruin it. Yeah, uh, it could make it worse. It, It could always be worse. Yeah. All right. Well, I believe that's it for our hot topics, which means it's time for our feature presentation. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right. Uh, Here we are in the theater. Um, Can you uh, speak real quick to make sure that... Yes. Okay, fantastic. Uh, All right. So, as uh, previously stated, uh, we... (laughs) Two grown men in their late 30s (laughs) watched uh, the Care Bears movie, um, which, I mean, the Care Bears themselves, now that I've done more research, I realized that they're still around and not really all that obscure. I remember I saw um, some kids at the park when I, uh, the park that I take my boy up to, they did indeed have a few Care Bears. But when was the last time you heard anyone talk about the original Care Bears movie? Uh, dude, I mean, that's what's obscure. But yeah, I know that they they always kind of hang around like every few years. They seem to get like a new show or um, I, I want to say there was like a CG movie for the Care Bears, exact, I think. Yeah, they were on Netflix for a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Blade's not old enough for the Care Bears yet, which is why I didn't know uh, anything about their new stuff. So we're going to go over some uh, IMDB facts here real quick before we uh, jump into our review. And And Steve, I would argue that we're not old enough for the Care Bears. (laughs) (laughs) In some ways. In some ways, you're right. Okay, so for a brief synopsis, okay, let me get my movie voice here. The Care Bears team up with a troubled brother and sister who just moved to a new town to help a neglected young sorcerer's apprentice whose evil magic book causes sinister things to happen. Uh, it was uh, directed by Arna Silznik. Who, Definitely uh, a fake name. Uh, <laughs> <I don't... laughs> well, uh, during my research, uh, I saw that she, he had only previously directed like a strawberry shortcake, uh, like short and this was his first uh, or her <laughs> first feature. And uh, this was written by Peter Sauter. And he was the head writer on Inspector Gadget. So, you know, they have a creative powerhouse uh, steering okay. the Care Bears movie uh, ship here. And um, as far as the quote unquote uh, stars <laughs> for the voice actors, I mean, 
I mean, Mickey Rooney, I guess at yeah. one point was like a massive uh, star. I mean, I think yeah, he, yeah. he was a big star. Yeah, he was like basically born into acting and probably acted all the way until the day he um, he passed away. And yeah. for the longest time while I was watching this, I thought the voice of, well, she's referred to as the spirit. I prefer to refer her to as the green bald headed book lady. Um, she's I, like the lady from uh, that Atari Jaguar game, Cybermorph with the floating head. Oh yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, that was Jackie Burroughs. Like as I was watching it, I thought for sure it was uh, Eartha Kitt. You know, she played a mm. Catwoman, but I was mm-hmm. like, that's got to be her. But no, I guess they just sort of have like a similar sort of theatrical style. Yeah, yeah. Voice. Yeah. And, and a similar tone. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I don't know. I don't want to like take a dump on all the, the Care Bear voice actors, but they're all people you've never heard of. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but um, the guy that plays Mr. Fettuccini, you see, mm-hmm. I did some some research, too, because uh, something about his voice, Steve, mm-hmm. something about his voice it just sounded very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that tingle. I feel it, it, my little Trek tingle. Oh, no. <laughs> so I looked to see who it was. And sure enough, the guy that plays the voice of Mr. Fettuccini, he played Dr. Bashir's father on Star Trek Deep Space Nine in a few episodes, and he's in one episode of Star Trek Voyager as an alien. So <laughs> and that is the real reason why we watched this movie, Steve. That's, that's so awesome. Like, I um, I need to make, like, a, uh, like a sound effect for whenever you find a connection between whatever it is we're reviewing <laughs> and Star Trek, because you always seem to find a way. You always seem to find a way. Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trek finds a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you're right. Most of these people are. I mean, there's Brent Titcomb, who uh, has. <laughs> he worked in porn, you know, just like uh, yeah, the guy from the uh, Ultra Ultra Force and Wildcats. What was his name? Yeah. Rod Wilson. Yeah, they worked yep, together yep. on a few yeah. uh, double features, if you will. Yeah. Um, Mr. Titcomb, a very niche uh, <laughs> subgenre. <laughs> Um, Sonny, listen to this name, Sonny Beeson Thrasher was the the voice of Jason. Even the middle name doesn't sound real. No, no, no. (laughs) Thrasher? Man, I wish that was my last name. Dude, can you imagine introducing to yourself to somebody? Oh, oh, hey, my 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 name's Lisa. What's your name? Sonny Thrasher. Yeah, <laughs> that's man. That's yeah. That's like a guitar name. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was probably born in California. All yeah. like no one is allowed to have a normal name here. Um, not even my son. Um, so it's like, kind of like the. Uh, it also sounds. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this wrestler, and I don't mean to get sidetracked, but there was a wrestler in the '80s, and I think maybe even the '90s, he wrestled called Sunny Beach. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, so that, that's <laughs> what I thought of when, when I saw the Sunny Thrasher guy, like his long lost cousin or something. <laughs> it's a long lost tag team party. You put them together. Yeah. They're the Beach Thrashers. What, whatever Ugh. that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, another name jane eastwood is like is that clint eastwood's daughter maybe i mean i'm just <laughs> speculating here because i mean reading these names is kind of boring um yeah. but if you're listening and you were in the care bears movie we thank you for your hard um work i'm sure you're paid well because um according to my research this uh 
was a huge success both in Canada, where it came, where the Care Bears come from, and in the U.S. Uh, and they even sent people. They said, uh, even though like they missed their premiere in Cannes, they sent people dressed up in bear suits to the Cannes Film Festival to promote it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's better than the internals promotion, you know. I, and in some ways, this may even be a better movie. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, the um, the production company was uh, Nelvana, and I mean, you can see them on. Uh, all sorts of like popular stuff. I'm pretty sure they did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And this was actually the second feature film ever based on a toy line. Um, I read that somewhere. Yeah. And I think I read that uh, this was for Nelvana, like their highest grossing Mm -hmm. uh, film or something in like eight years at the time that they put it out or something like that. Yeah, so they were, yeah, Novana was a powerhouse. I just wonder if they're even around anymore. Um, let's see. I can click on their name here real quick and see what's coming up. Oh, yeah, they're still making stuff. Like the <laughs> the three amigos. <laughs> really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we've... Um, they make Sesame Street. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. Wow. You'll never stop. Nelvana, have no fear. Yeah. They have shows for years. Okay, so let me get my um, image slideshow going here, and go away. Window capture. There it is. Okay, so now we can um, talk about uh, the movie. <laughs> so, or actually, I'd like to know your history with this movie. We talked about it a little bit um, up front. Did you go to the theater for this? Um, if I did, I wouldn't remember because I would have been like five or four, maybe even depending on when it came out. But, um, what I do remember though, is watching it a lot on VHS, uh, as a kid in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I used to have like the grumpy, uh, care bear with the, uh, that's honestly the only care bear I ever, even as a little kid liked. Um, I don't know what that says about (laughs) me (laughs) as a Small well, child. I mean, I was going to ask, like, oh, well, maybe we'll save it until after. the. Well, whatever. Who was your favorite from watching it back this time? Because I was going to I was almost going to pick Grumpy as well. Just because <laughs> Cause, like the problem with the Care Bears is that all of them kind of sound similar and act similar. Only right. a few of them kind of stand out. Um, right. Yeah. The only ones that really kind of have different personalities is the Lionheart one and even that's kind of a little like borderline uh grumpy and i guess sleepy because he's is sleeping a personality is being lazy a personality <laughs> he's trait? a narcoleptic i mean how can they get, he needs to be canceled needs, yeah he needs medical treatment <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's just looking bad for the narcoleptics um yeah same here uh vhs tape that we wore out i mean who knows it probably even still um worked by the time we stopped watching it I think my mom bought it from some video store that was going out of business and yeah i had um good luck bear the one with the um uh you know four leaf clover on his mm-hmm. belly and i think that probably had to do with the fact that my dad was a really big boston celtics fan and he probably just saw it and 
that way you killed two birds with one stone. <laughs> uh, Do you think uh, I'm I'm actually really surprised they didn't give him like a stereotypical Irish Oh, that would have been so well, I mean it wouldn't have been good, but at least it would have been different. Uh I mean yeah. and if you were to go back to that IMDb that we were looking at, uh you know, a lot of the the bears are just voiced by the same person. So, you know, that's why they sound alike, you know? Yeah. I, I think Titcomb did a lot of them cause he's only gets like credited for additional voices. Right. Right. Indeed. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like, I don't know about you, but this was my first time watching any Care Bears stuff probably since the 80s, oh, really? I would imagine. No, oh, I used so- to watch the, the cartoon. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, in the 80s, probably maybe early 90s. I watched the cartoon also. I'll admit that. Um, but I mean, up until what age? Like, did you oh. stop watch is what if, I mean, I, I mean, I, I couldn't pinpoint it. <laughs> I'm just saying I, it's been like, I don't think. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying it's been like probably 20 years since I watched any Care Bear anything. Yeah, it might even be a little longer for me because I don't think I watched any Care Bears stuff once we moved to the United States. But that's not true because the Care Bears movie used to run on like HBO and, and other cable channels channel. sometimes. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, and sometimes I would watch it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like I don't know. I, I'm sure by the time I was like nine or ten, I was not watching the Care Bears because they're so like sugary sweet and mm-hmm. devoid of personality that. I don't see how it could like retain most kids' interest past eight or nine, you know? Um, right. And yeah, that was one thing that, I don't know, I almost felt worked in the uh, films for the film is the fact that like it was very kind of mellow uh, almost. You know, when you go see like a, a Disney movie, there's all everyone's always up in your face, like singing and yelling and having crazy voices, you know. Mm. Uh, but the Care Bears movie is everyone's, you know, they just sort of kind of talk like this. And oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> um, and I guess as an adult, <laughs> I kind of appreciated that. I was like, I was just surprised that I wasn't annoyed is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, Steve, are you saying like when you have a stressful day in the future, you might just be like, Man, let me just throw on the Care Bears movie and relax. <laughs> Chill out, smoke a blunt. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, probably not. Because another thing that this movie kind of lacks. Well, I mean, it's there. But the problems and the conflicts are all easily solved with uh, Care Bear magic. Um, right. It, and- it has the, uh, the Power Rangers problem where they can always solve it with the Care Bear stare. It's just a matter of when are they going to do it. And while I will say, um, they, uh, I like the fact that they didn't do the Care Bear stare till like halfway through the movie. It was like they didn't do it till the end. Might even be past that. Maybe it, even it like was, the last third. It was the end of the second act. Like when they were, they went to go find the Care Bear cousins and like two of them tried to like shoot down right. that, that spell and they're like, we don't have enough. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> they, yeah. they uh, I mean, they did some decent uh, reveals. Um, <laughs> I, like, you know, how I am with. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just funny to think of a camera's movie. Yeah, cameras had some good twists and some nice reveals. Hey, I mean, as far as the script goes, I mean, it is a basic, uh, you know, plot. And it's weird. And um, 
and at the end of each act, there's a musical number, which I don't even didn't even remember those songs. Uh, yeah, they weren't very good. I, the song, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> the opening song that the movie opens with is possibly the worst song in the whole like out of all the songs that they have it is sad sounding and um i think because it's uh it was written by carol king who's uh yeah. was like a big pop star like i guess in the 60s i think and she was also a session musician i think um but yeah it's so uh hearing it again at first it like sort of hit me with nostalgia and then i was like but then it kept going (laughs) yeah yeah and it's so sort of melancholy sounding which is like her sound and i'm just like wow this is like hopefully they came up with a better like the the one on the 80s cartoon is much better like the theme song for that is uh yeah it's like uh has punch to it it's energetic Mm -hmm. this is like like almost like you said melancholy and sad and the weird thing is like I know she wasn't off key, mm-hmm. but man, it sure felt like it sometimes. Like it was, <laughs> like I don't know if maybe like it was in a minor key. The song, I, and then like at the end of the song, mm-hmm. when they do that part where they overlap her voice, like mm-hmm. uh, singing like a bunch of it was a mess. Like <laughs> man, it was really, a mess. You really paid and, attention to this, Steve. I mean, you're a musician too. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I dude, the end sounded horrible, and I'm pretty sure. Two of the um, the voice clips that they had were that were interlocked were off time, which like was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Uh, I think all the songs are terrible. Like I it, I would like listen to like half the songs and then I started just like skipping the songs because yeah, they were that bad. I I took that time to actually like write like more notes because I didn't you know you don't have to pay attention as much. Um, I will admit though. I think as a youngster watching this, I did like the the end song when um, Christopher, or no, not Christopher, Nicholas is chasing around the, um, uh, you know, chasing them around that carnival at the end when it's mm-hmm. like, look out, he's coming for you. <laughs> like it was, a, yeah, it was almost like a musical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, it was like that was probably more my style than the other songs anyway. Um, but uh but yeah so i guess some plot points here oh i I mean right off the bat like when they show all the orphans at the beginning i'm like god that's depressing (laughs) right i'm like why did they pick orphans um and it's you know no amount of caring is gonna bring their parents back (laughs) like uh, and then, and then I also forgot that they uh, sort of pulled a princess bride, and there's a guy, you know, who's actually narrating the story. Um, I mean, and I I get why they do that. So I guess if the the kids get lost in the story, you've got the narrator there to, to keep them right. on track. So he tells the story to the orphans about these other two orphans, and their names were. Do you remember their names? Um, uh, Nicholas. No, no, Nicholas was a magician Nicholas guy. A, yeah, um, yeah, man, I don't remember the orphans. Okay, names. well, brother and sister, and they had lost their parents and basically 
had a, uh, a nice, a bad attitude towards the world. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting. Didn't they say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but they never explained what happened to their parents. They said like, I think their parents left. Yeah, of course, I guess they're not going to go in too much detail there. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, I said they have a right to be angry at the world. Um, but yeah, they, they had motivation at least that made sense. I mean, sure. I mean, but I was thinking like, if they wanted to be, they wanted to have more like relatable kids in the film, they should have gone the route, I guess, that a lot of other um, sort of family films did in the 80s. Almost kind of like a Home Alone where, uh, you know, Kevin basically has like an argument with his mom and decides he doesn't like mm-hmm. his family. And then right. at the end, he realizes that he, you know, loves her. Like... They could have done that with this. Um, yeah. The Care Bears yeah. could have been like, you know, your mom like punished you because she cares about you. Um, mm. That sort of thing. I, I mean, but I, I think back to when I was, I don't know, however old watching this. I mean, of course, I didn't even think twice. I'm like, oh, OK, they're orphans. All right, let's go. Let's see where the story's going. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, I guess. The- yeah, I, I agree. I think. It's an odd choice, but like you said, I mean, as a little kid, you probably don't really care. Nope. Um, but at least it gave them motivation to not want friends because their whole thing is like, hey, last time we cared about somebody a lot, they they left us or mm. they were murdered in front of them. We don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what would have been great, Steve, was like if their parents had been mauled by a bear. Oh, and they have to learn them. to trust bears again. Oh. <laughs> Now you're talking. That'll be an now hour. they re- really have motivation to get to to not be friends with these bears. In fact, they could have like tried to kill the bears. Yep, I can already see our uh, production co- coming together now of Alaska's Honeycut Joint. The <laughs> the obscurity now of reimagining of uh, the Care Bears, uh, but <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so uh, yeah, go so, ahead. Sorry. So yeah, the the Care Bears show up. And another thing, of, of course, like, you know, in 2021, it's easy to look back and make fun of this stuff. And they ought, like, the Care Bears show up. The kids seem to have no problem with the fact that there's a, a walking, talking bear <laughs> right? in front of them. And even worse, I think it's Tenderheart is the bear. He knows their names and knows everything about yes. them. Like, that's, and, he, and they're just like, how do you know everything about us? It's like, because friends are supposed to. And it's like... <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, creepy. it's really weird because like not only does he know things about them, but um, he like says, how do you know my name? And then Tenderheart replies with, we know lots of things about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, my God. And then it's, it's funny because when they go up to Carolot, you find out why, because they have that computer. <laughs> so yeah. they're able to hack into everybody who had a computer in the 80s which is like three people in america at least and uh (laughs) that's how they find out everything um of course that computer was broken the whole time during the movie but i I think that i think that computer was just only to teleport because they built like again another star trek reference they build transporters i wrote Uh, that down there for you (laughs) i'm like y'all's gonna love this um but uh okay so anyway the they convince them to go to Carolot, and then we jump over to uh, to Nicholas. Um, oh, wait, this- no, they don't convince them to go to Carolot. They get beamed to Carolot uh, inadvertently, 
by the uh, little two little baby Care Bears. They start playing with the uh, teleporting machine. Oh, right, right. So it was, uh, man, there's a lot of like accidents in this plot. Um, coincidence, I guess, is the, is yeah. the word to use. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like, I guess those two orphans are like the chosen one because... I mean, as the movie progresses, like, you know, Nick and the spirit, man, they want them so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I'm glad someone paid attention to this movie. Um, I watched it today so that it would be fresh. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so they get beamed to care a lot. And then we see uh, Nicholas, who I feel is kind of like a, a metaphor or maybe a representative of uh of like today's interns <laughs> except for instead of living working in the corporate world he works for mr fettuccine the magician um who treats him like trash um as you know most interns and i guess apprentices do and again i mean looking at like that i guess carnival and the whole magician thing in 2021 i'm like like that's so that seems just so old like almost medieval like they're in like right. that weird um like covered wagon where mr fettuccine lives it's very carny right. too i think you mentioned you mentioned something about carnies earlier um, yeah and um but again as an eight-year-old or whatever you know you go with it you just assume that there's you know kids out there trying to be uh magicians and, yeah. and I guess Nick doesn't have any Nicholas doesn't have any parents either, I guess, because yeah, they, he's supposed to be like he, he's obviously like maybe a teen, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they weren't really clear on what's going on with his uh, his parents. I mean, like if you really wanted to create a dark backstory, maybe his parents sold him to Mr. Fettuccine or to yeah, the carnival. Maybe Mr. Fett maybe Mr. Fettuccine made his parents disappear. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm so glad you're back. Doing the show by myself was really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, hold on. Let me uh, let me open this thing real quick here. Oh shoot. Um. Yeah. So okay. He gets Mr. Fettuccine goes and does whatever in another part of the uh, of the, uh, the, <laughs> the wagon. covered wagon. Yeah. Yeah. And so Nicholas is supposed to put away some trunk and it knocks over and it breaks. And inside is this uh, magical book. And um, and it starts talking to Nicholas and it's convincing him. He says that basically I can make you an even better magician than him. All you have to do is open the key and or open the book and then she yeah, yeah. she makes the key herself which i don't know like i felt like the key should have been something that like he would have had to like go and find himself to like you know prove that he really wanted it but yeah. um i guess they were really trying to move it along here and like what's the point of even having a lock if you can make your own key yeah, uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. The, I have another problem with the key, too, is uh, not to skip ahead too much, but, you know, eventually, like, they tend, I think it's Tenderheart keeps making this big deal about uh, to one of the orphans, you need to keep this key, you need to keep it safe, because without it, we're, we're, we can't uh, solve this problem. He never explains, by the way, why. 
really, he needs the key, just right. that he needs to keep it. And I, how did the, well, Tender Heart was there, so I guess he knows. But anyways, and the weird thing is the book at the end just like makes the key disappear when they're going to use it to lock it up. And then fucking uh, the secret bear just makes a key come out of his belly anyways. And then they use that key. So I guess it wasn't important for him to keep the key. Yeah. I mean, it, it undid a lot of what they did at the beginning. I mean, Care Bear magic is basically a, a deuce ex machina or, you know, a, a perfect machine. That's a solution to like all problems like Nicholas could have become the most powerful like sorcerer in the entire world and then some care bear we wouldn't have seen at the beginning would show up and like i don't know yeah. gun bear and like make a gun <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll shoot nicholas and then bam yeah. uh, it's <laughs> ever ever since uh the the care, the nra started funding the care bears uh <laughs> It's just gotten out of control, man. <laughs> NRA bear, yeah. Florida bear, yeah. they call them. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you, I mean, I was going to say, like, I was like, what is the purpose of that? Because, like, I always felt like they were always trying not to really build, like, too much uh, suspense. Um, like, whenever you yeah. thought that uh, the big care bears were in danger, like, when they were getting sucked down to the, the whirlpool. Like, immediately, someone has a solution, and they get out of there, and, like, I get it. They don't want to freak out the kids, but why would you, you know, bring up the key at the end, then have the book destroy the key just to have Secret Bear make another key? Right. It just seems like, uh, you know, you're go taking a long walk around the block when you could have just gone, like, straight down the path, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, like, I guess as far as the script and the plot is concerned, like it could be worse, but I have a feeling they were using the old excuse that uh, these are kids and it's not going to matter. And I mean, again, six-year-old me didn't notice any of these problems, but here in 2021, obscurity now, we're here to root out all the problems with <laughs> Care Bears. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, they... Uh, the kid starts making spells, reading the spells from the book uh, that the talking head is making him do or telling him to do. Um, and uh, yeah, it's then he like makes Mr. Fettuccini fall asleep and then he takes over his magic show. Mm -hmm. But then the kids in the audience, his audience is only full of kids, which right. is odd, but mm -hmm. they laugh at him. So then uh, then the, sp the spell lady is like, oh, OK, read these spells, teach them a lesson. So I guess she knew that this was going to happen. This evil spirit knew that it was going to go bad. Mm -hmm. And that was like her way of like coercing him or getting him to turn to the dark side. Right. Right. Okay. So I've got a few things here. Number one, how does Nicholas know how to read what looks like ancient Aramaic or something like that? Um, I mean, he, and also when he actually reads the spells out loud, they are hilarious sounding. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, the writers were just whatever, throwing what I mean, would it kill you to, like, get a copy of, like, <laughs> like a Chaos Magic book and get spells from there? <laughs> um, but, uh, but whatever. Yeah, it's I just mean, a bunch of made-up words, a bunch of gibberish. For sure. And also, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, I can almost sort of, like, relate to Nicholas in a way just because you know he's a performer and he wants to get past the gatekeeper who is uh Mr. Fettuccini and you know just entertain people 
Um, mm-hmm. So they they will like him. Um, so I mean, so what you're saying is that you too would have used a spell that makes everybody hate and not care. <laughs> yeah, sure. That spell is called heavy metal music. <laughs> uh, and by no- the way, if if he if the book is telling him to like do these spells. Mm-hmm excuse me, that'll make people not care, then they're not going to like him either, right? Yeah, there's a lot of sort of circular logic, I guess, where it doesn't really make all that much sense. I mean, what you know, What does the spirit have to gain from making the entire world hate e- each other? Like, I think, I was thinking, like, you know, what would have been, like, like better plots for this movie? and or like future like care care bear movies and mm-hmm. i think i don't think they've ever done it of course i haven't seen every piece of uh you know the care bear cinematic universe but right they needed to have like the care bear who like basically became bad like the venom of care bears i i feel like they did that on the tv show but oh, i may be just they? I, I mean, I might be remembering wrong, but yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like, I just feel like that would have been more interesting. I mean, not to say that the green, bald-headed book lady is not interesting looking. I mean, I think that's <laughs> the only reason we're even talking about this movie in 2021. Because I forgot about everything else, except, except for that her. image of a bald, green, bald-headed lady's head in a book. <laughs> that's the most yeah and, and and the 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 lady that does her voice puts in a good performance oh you know? so good so good um but uh yeah i mean i don't know i'm trying to i guess read too much into it and i'm just like what does the spirit like represent is it like sort of like the uh the phoniness that fame like fake fame like brings it's like sure he can become like a a, a powerful you know, magician slash sorcerer or whatever, but no one will actually like him because he just, and then no one would ever be like you, strive you, you, to be a celebrity. You're definitely are reading way more into it. <laughs> than it needs to be. I mean, this was written by the head writer of Inspector Gadget. I mean, come on, oh, there's wow. got to be layers there. Man, if only it had half the complexities of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> go, go, Gadget, green head in the book. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, so hmm, where are we here? All right, so we're still, we go back to Carolot. Carolot, has it already, they have like a, a, a cloud quake, they call it, because already enough people in the world stopped caring. Um, well, they noticed that the, uh, the care, care meter, meter, yep, the ticking started clock. going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what caused it. Yeah, uh, really, really weird. By the way, <laughs> These fucking clouds. So the cars, are they mm. sentient? Are they alive? <laughs> they they have like smiles on them and react and like I but they also like dissipate like when they crash onto Earth. I, uh, like did that cloud car die? <laughs> I like to think of them as uh they are the, the kit from Knight Rider of Carolots. Mm. Um like I mean even if I guess Kit were to get torn apart i guess as long as his hard drive is intact you can make him again yeah um or maybe it's more like body horror-esque <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a whole cronenberg type thing there um but uh, that's a very good question you hell and i'm gonna think about that as i fall asleep tonight uh, <laughs> um yeah 
And also, that's another. That was another funny thing when Tenderheart came back um, after easily escaping from that cage that he was in at Mister Fettuccini's. Like, did you notice he stayed there like just long enough to like get all the information that we needed to know? Then right. he just out of nowhere made a heart and got out. Uh, anyway, yeah. For whatever reason, his like cloud cycle was out of control. I mean, I guess again, it's because people weren't caring enough, and that I guess destroys. Maybe their... because it's yeah, because I mean, I guess because it's made out of a cloud, mm-hmm. and they were having maybe all clouds started having problems. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'd have to ask Grumpy. He's the quantum physicist on the uh, Care Bears team. Right. Uh, yeah, that's maybe we should. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they uh, they realize the problem and the solution. I guess in uh, in script writing one hundred and one, it's called the uh, the split into two. And again, it was uh, another accident from the from the teleportation machine. They mm-hmm. send uh, the two orphans plus tender hearts and was there someone else with them? I can't remember. Yeah, there was the bear with the flowers <laughs> on the belly. <laughs> it I doesn't think. matter. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. They get sent to uh, the care forest. Is that what it's called? Uh, for- forest of feelings. Ah, Have some respect <laughs> for the care cannon, please. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other Care Bears board a magical Care ship um, and float down a river. Did they? Did they say why they got on that ship? I mean, did they know yes. they were going to need to look for reinforcements? <clears throat> yes. So they couldn't go back to Earth their normal way, apparently. Um, and uh, when the cloud quake happened, it also broke like like a bunch of buildings started breaking and it broke the teleportation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the cloud cars were out of service because of this, I guess. But this ship wasn't so for some reason. <laughs> but it's weird that they even had a ship because they say that they had never been on the river. Right. And they don't know where it goes, <laughs> but they're just like, maybe it goes to Earth. Well, <laughs> Which makes I mean, no sense. it's an excuse to go into the uh, the unknown world, which is a very uh, typical yeah. place to go in the second act. Um, mm-hmm. And basically the entire second act is an excuse to introduce uh, the uh, Care Bear cousins. Um, and I'll say I actually, I mean, although... It lasted too long because they I feel like they introduced too many. But I liked how that spell thing that Nicholas and bald headed book lady sent out created situations in which every cousin could use their specific skill set in order to help mm-hmm. the Care Bears to get out. <laughs> yeah. But, and the Care Bear cousins are way better than the are. Care Bears, because mm-hmm. at least even though they still all kind of sound similar mm-hmm. and they act kind of similar because they have their own specific animal based abilities, mm-hmm. like they're they come off as a lot more unique and it's not magic. It's like actual things that they can do physically. Right. Absolutely. I liked uh, Lionheart because he tried to use violence to solve a lot of the problems. <laughs> uh, and I also liked uh, Swiftheart because he was basically the Flash in, in rabbit form, yeah. rabbit care form. Um, oh, we, we do have a comment, Steve, in the chat uh, oh? from the Professor Mike Tanay that says, <laughs> Relic is killer spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Is that some guy you know? It's, it's not really. That, my... I'm, 
Uh, that's Tanzillo, I'm pretty sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, that's Matt. Oh. But uh, yeah, too bad. They should have had Relic Bear. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, they, I mean, they wanted to make a successful movie, you know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, basically, they all meet up at the end of uh, Act 2. The uh, newly deputized uh, Care Bear Cousins, plus the uh, the Orphans, Tenderheart, and all the other Care Bears that were on the ship. Of course, there were still a few that stayed back to fix the teleporter. Um, I guess... It it was um, good luck, Bear and Grumpy, who stayed back. Now, how yeah. how can you? That makes them right. The teleporting guy in Star Trek, Chief it, O'Brien, is who you're thinking of. Well, that's Deep Space Nine. I'm thinking of the no. Original. He he was on TNG. The, he he was on both. He came from TNG to DS Nine. Right, but Scotty was the original one, right? Scotty's an engineer, right? But uh, okay, sometimes he'll operate the transporter, but it was uh, not like his job. All right, come on, Steve. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to continue this on our Patreon when we get one. Um, but uh, yeah, so now we. Oh, yep, yeah, and there's another musical number, <laughs> um, which is terrible. Um, like, yeah. I liked when people stopped putting music in. Um, in these family films. Uh, By the way, Steve, the trend, the teleportation, the transporter is fixed Mm -hmm. with a lollipop. And the logic for this is that it looks like the part, it's like similar in shape to the part that he needs to replace. What? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the only time somebody actually delivered a line that could almost be considered like witty and adult. Cause that's one thing I noticed about this. Like unlike Disney, which I don't really care for, for the most part, aside from a few movies here and there, you know, this movie added like zero adult like humor, like yeah. in the slightest, not even a little bit, but anyway, grumpy goes, I can't remember the name of those two kids, but he's like, they're going to make great care bears. And he pauses for a second. He's like, one of these days. <laughs> like, I mean, which isn't anything. I mean, compared to the rest of the script, I was like, ah, all right. You tried. You tried. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now we are in uh, act three. Um, I think there was actually a scene before where it shows uh, Nicholas in the head book. And they're in the full on castle um, in the. Yeah. Uh, like, it's so medieval. I don't know. I guess they really wanted to have the. Uh, whole sort of like fairy tale aesthetic even though mm-hmm. i guess this was supposed to take place you know in current day for current the most times. part yeah and um and yeah nicholas is just getting more and more metal i mean evil <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and they, they, they and they i did like that they would um intersperse these scenes with nicholas doing the spells because initially he's like trying to like you know, she tells him we need to do this spell and it's going to do this. And he's like, oh, is that necessary? I already got even. He says, I already got even with the whole town. Right. That's all I want. That's all I wanted, baby. Just just a few hundred thousand people. Because <laughs> <laughs> anything above that's ridiculous. But uh, so the evil spirit maybe represents like ambition also possible. All right. Whatever. Well, again, reading too much into it. Yeah. 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 OK. Um, so, yeah, it's getting pretty, pretty metal at the end here. Um, yeah. And he's starting to get into it. He's starting to get into some of the the, the evilness of it. There's a, a scene, I think it's maybe closer to the end, when like 
<laughs> he comes out with the book and his cape and he's like pointing. It looks uh-huh. like they took that straight out of Akira, uh, which I don't even know if Akira <laughs> was even out. At least the anime was even out at that point. But I he looked so. he looked so insane that I w- I just started thinking to myself. I was like, what if this is the uh, <laughs> what if this is the origin of like Nicolas Cage? Like <laughs> he like sold his soul to this like book lady thing so he could be a movie star. Um, and uh, that does, probably doesn't make any sense, but uh, yep. you know, hey, hopefully someone got a chuckle yeah. out of it. And, uh, and we and we should point out uh, that the book wants him to like make this final spell. Well, what the book is like leading him to is to make the spell to make everyone in the world not care. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we didn't mention is that uh, the less people care in the world, the more the care meter goes down. And once it hits zero, care a lot. I guess ceases to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also like the Care Bears have their own survival at stake here, I guess, as a species. Uh. <laughs> I would love, like, it would be pretty hardcore. I mean, they already have like a, a book with a head in it. I mean, they could have had like, like, you know, tender heart. Oh, no, I'm like starting to not exist and like turning, you know, opaque mm. or whatever. And but then, you know, at the end. And the two orphans, you know, they come up and do their their spiel to uh, to Nicholas and, um, but uh, but whatever that didn't happen because again they were you know aiming this for kids and keeping it you know not too in yeah. your face although they did have a head and a book <laughs> for yeah. what. I, I- and I will say, I, I thought like, you know, we're at the part where like Nicholas, like you said, he's he's got that cape and he's mm-hmm. trying to get the uh, he's walking around the amusement park or whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. getting the final ingredients he needs for the last big spell. Mm-hmm. And I love that they showed like other kids there, like because like now that they don't care, they're all evil. Yeah. So they're like just breaking stuff like, you know, like vandalizing stuff. And I was just like, wait, is this the beginning of the purge universe? <laughs> is this a, is this a hidden sequel? <laughs> like, basically, that's what that's what Nicholas is doing. He's causing the purge, right? My like nobody cares. And, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think it's the <laughs> it's the beginning. It's actually a metaphor for uh, Reaganomics. <laughs> Um, but more on that uh more on that later uh yeah i always the the scene when the care bears are converging on uh on nicholas uh and they're all running around and stuff um and he's trying to zap him like he's like full-on sorcerer like shooting projectiles out of his finger like he could be uh dr strange like almost um and yeah at this point he's like basically trying to take over the world He's like pretty much like possessed by this like evil spirit. All because and, he didn't have a friend. <laughs> and he's trying to like kill now these care bears essentially, right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to like he's trying to commit care bear genocide actually. <laughs> so I, I, that's what like I remember from from this movie was like, man, this is kind of dark at the end. Oh, that scene when Swiftheart like he trips and like falls in a trash can lid. And he like mm-hmm. puts out his finger, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, six year old me, I was just like, oh my god, is Swiftheart done for? But oh, he <laughs> finds the final, um, you know, ingredient to the spell. You know, he could have done both. <laughs> he could have, right, you know, right, right. turned him into a nice roast rabbit and taken the um, <laughs> bubble gum. Um, you know, maybe in the uncut version, 
Uh, also, I, I think Snyder it's... Cut. Yeah, <laughs> Snyder Cut of the original Care Bears. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, he finds his final uh, ingredient. You know, I would also think that, like, he would have had minions to find these at this point. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's already so many characters just because there's so many freaking Care Bears to begin with that... I mean, I can understand uh, why they would want to keep it uh, short and just be... Yeah. Him and old Baldy. Um, yeah, because I mean, the, the point of this movie, in my view, is to just to introduce the Care Bear cousins mm-hmm. so that they can sell more Care Bear toys. Right, right. Uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, so uh, spoiler alert, they... Um, they show up at the end. They try to do the old Care Bear stare on Nicholas, but he was uh, too powerful. But uh, the our orphans from the beginning, it's really unfortunate. I can't remember their names. They come <laughs> and, uh, you know, based on you know, not knowing anything about Nicholas, other than the fact that he is an evil magi- or has become an evil right. sorcerer, say, we were once like you. But uh, and then we realized people cared. And by people, I guess the Care Bears count as people. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we want to be your friend. Um, and he, uh, I guess, realizes that they're right. And so he uh, closes the book. And as you all said before, uh, the, uh, the, the boy orphan, <laughs> the borphin... <laughs> he, who's been holding the key the whole time that tender heart i mean he laid down the law he was like yeah take this key if you lose it we are fucked like i mean that's <laughs> basically, basically yeah yeah and, it, and he, it's like two or three times that he tells him this and he was like you can oh ca- by, the, by the way steve I'm so, there, there is a comment uh that mm-hmm. i just wanted to point out that i knew what said are the care bears cannibalistic if they get really hungry <laughs> I just assume they only eat candy, um, but uh, yeah, they're probably probably vegan candy. <laughs> vegan? Well, <laughs> I guess the Care Bears nowadays, I'd say that they're probably all about that. Um, that's a good question, whoever you are. Thanks for watching. That is uh, and Smoke listening. Monster. Yeah, it's got a good channel actually. Oh, cool. We'll have to check it out. But, but uh, um, anyway, sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I'm just glad people are out there in our chat. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so they start. Uh, so yeah, orphan boy is like, you can count on me. And then <laughs> he takes out the key at the end. He goes to put it inside the book lock. Yeah. And they're holding the book closed. They're barely able to keep the book closed by hand. So mm-hmm. they got to lock it. Yeah. And he comes to do it. And then what does your book lady do? Just makes the key disappear. Like, like it was nothing. And then... <laughs> In a very anticlimactic way. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I guess if you were a first-time viewer, you'd be like, oh my god, they're screwed. What are they going to do now? Oh, no problem. Secret Bear shows up. <laughs> he, uh, he or she hasn't done anything the entire film. Just makes a key. And they lock yep. it up. And makes a key. Yep. That's that. And the thing is, like, it's not like they have a key on their belly mm-hmm. like secret bears thing is a lock so i was thinking oh they're gonna make a new lock mm-hmm. which would have made more sense but <laughs> no they just make a new key why wouldn't you just make a lock <laughs> right just have lionheart clawed up i mean he's, oh, he's uh, the, smoke, what's up uh smoke monster said vegan care bears that's perfect it means i can eat them <laughs> <laughs> fantastic 
Um, yeah, I mean, they should have just had Lionheart claw him up. I mean, he's obviously the Wolverine of the Care Bears. Um, yeah. Or yeah. Lion-O of the Care Bears, but whatever. Uh, anyway, our uh, orphan brother and sister end up with uh, new parents at the end. Um, there's a big, uh, like, it's almost like the ending of Star Wars A New Hope. They have a uh, big, like, reception, right, in Carolot. Uh, more like a cult-like ceremony, <laughs> if you ask me. They're they're gathered around like some table, like with a weird like half moon, like like they're like the builders having a secret meeting. Uh, oh, you mean you know, the Freemasons? The Freemasons, yeah, yeah, having a secret meeting about like how they're gonna run the world government behind the scenes, <laughs> and uh, they like have this big table. Um, they're gonna like I guess eat food, although we never see them, and then they do like a ceremony. It's like a cult. Right, and I think what then there's one more uh, singing number, if I yeah. remember correctly. Well, that's the end credit song that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it's, it's, what's up? Sorry, Steve. I with this cer- this cult like ceremony. The reason why I say it's cult like is uh, Tenderheart. I think it was Tenderheart. He says that they're there to initiate the uh, Care Bear cousins, cousins into right. the into their family, and mm-hmm. this is like a weird like initiate like a weird choice of words and then like he makes like a heart come out of his belly that gives and then he gives each one of them <laughs> a belly like he he's basically branding them mm-hmm. uh as now part of this care bear cult uh Man, it really is a cult <laughs> so yeah just uh, just very strange very strange we need to let's see uh oh that was you okay yeah, we need to create a cult around this show and start branding people. But, uh, you know, maybe around episode 10. Why not? Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so it's revealed that uh, Nicholas is actually uh, Mr. Cherrywood, the narrator from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it's still just so sad. Like, And now he's running an orphanage, I guess. Um, but right. I mean, at least or he, kidnapping children. We don't know. Right. Well, I was <laughs> I was gonna try to be positive here and say, I mean, at least he's a nice guy now, um, and he and his elderly wife are taking care of these orphans. Yeah, which, and I guess like I think his wife is supposed to be the girl orphan from. Oh yeah, uh, man, I didn't put that together. <laughs> yeah, because she she looked like her. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. All these years, I. Never, Wow. Well, Steve, did, I've seen this movie many times. And did you know that Edward Norton was Tyler Durden the whole time in Fight Club? <laughs> I hear that this movie is actually where they got the idea for the reveal in Fight Club. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It's a heartwarming ending, but still, like, I mean, I guess it never dawned on me when I was six years old, but, like, still, like, orphans in the there's still orphans in the world despite you know their ability to care or not care and uh that just i mean that's just a slippery slope yeah what about all the other horrible things going on in the world um but i mean i guess if they've got mr and mrs cherrywood then who knows maybe they'll get adopted by good parents like boy and girl orphan girl order. did yeah and how weird is it that once they got adopted they show them at a magic sh- at nicholas's magic show because nicholas oh we didn't mention mr fettuccini has like a dream that, oh, that so nicholas lame. yeah and him were starring together in a show so he's mm-hmm. like okay you're gonna be in the show now and he even makes him the headline he puts his name first in the marquee uh nicholas's name but uh 
yeah, anyway, so they're doing like their combined new magic show. And in the audience are the orphans with their new parents. And they say, <laughs> the girl says, aren't parents great? <laughs> like, what little kid? Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, when, yeah, when you're younger, you're like, I mean, of course you <clears throat> like your parents for the most part, but not the points when they're telling you what to do and stuff. Um, right. You're but, certainly not going around saying parents are cool no, and great. No, no. I mean, I may have had two t-shirts that said that, but I only wore them occasionally. <laughs> um, but I want to go back to, yeah, Mr. Fettuccini. Like, ah, that is uh, such a horrible character arc or an excuse for a character to change his mind. Like, I would have rather have seen, like, and again, I guess it's not really the supposed to be the arc for Nicholas, but like, it would have been cool if he would have stood up to him or right or if i mean the fact that it was a, a dream like i mean it needs he needed to change himself and be like you know look i realize i've been really hard on you um but you've been doing a you know good job i guess which is completely the opposite <laughs> of what he was doing at the beginning uh i think i think you're ready to do a show or something right um, right yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, I guess it's a little and, much, but again, kids movie. Yeah, and 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 if he can change his mind with having a dream, like, what if his next dream is about him firing Nick? Like, it's again, <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful dream that I was purchasing prostitutes. I'm going to go out and purchase some right now. Like, yeah, I mean, does he always act like on his dreams? Like, that's pretty, pretty lazy writing when you get right down to it. Bad on yeah. you, uh, head writer of uh, Inspector Gadget. I expected more from you. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess that wraps it up for the Care Bears. Anything else you wanted to add about the movie? No, no. Um, I think we covered, like, all of the important plot points. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, what, what did you overall think of the movie? Well, as I said, I mean, I was surprised I wasn't uh, annoyed as I thought I was going to be by it. Um, they're like the voice performances are pretty, I don't know, they keep it pretty mellow, I guess. Um, so it like didn't like kill my ears or anything like that. Um, I mean, I think I think if it didn't have the the bald headed book lady, it probably wouldn't have stuck in my mind as long as it has yeah. all these years. Because um, it's weird. I, I think I remember their other villain who was either from the show or the sequel who was just a guy with a black face. You remember him? His name was like Black Red Heart. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That kind of <laughs> and I think that movie's actually really dark from what I remember. Yeah. It's called like the new generation, right? They're the next generation. That's Star Trek. Uh no, no, I'm serious. It's <laughs> Care Bears: The Next Generation, uh, the sequel. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I guess it's this uh, this like metal or medieval like imagery. I guess at first could seem like traumatizing, but it really like stuck with me all these years. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the music was pretty pretty meh. Um, that was the one thing I found annoying. Um, was the music. Like uh, I, th I think I think the movie's okay. I mean, it's meant for like five or six year olds. Um, it's, it's got uh, a decent pace. It's got a de it moves it along pretty decently, I'd say. 
<laughs> Care Bear, in the chat, Smoke Monster said, Care Bear search for Spock was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, we got to get someone to, uh, to make that a t-shirt, like for this podcast, uh, a mix up between Star Trek and, uh, and the Care Bears. But, Care Bears. Uh, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I don't, I don't think this movie though holds up. What, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because this movie is like geared for like, I don't know, like five or six mm-hmm. year olds or something. Probably. I don't think it holds up if you show this to like a five or six year old that's watched more recent stuff. Well, like not even that, I would say like if you hold it up to, I would say, all right, nine, like, you know, nineties Disney stuff, like the Lion King and Aladdin, those have some like really good, you know, universal themes like interwoven mm-hmm. into their into their story, which I mean, really, this one just sort of beats you over the head with like you need to care about things. And I was yeah, thinking, you need friends, buddy. Right. You can't that, do anything on your own. Yeah. And that, too. And, you know, and that's debatable. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd say self-reliance is pretty important. I mean, of course, friends are great, too. But, you know, what about people who only care about money? I mean, they care about it. Like, where's Money Bear? <laughs> like, uh, it's like, and what about the guy who only cares about his corporation and like no one else? Um, but I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Well, I plan on testing this theory, I guess. Let's see. Blade turns two next month. So in maybe two to three more years, I will play him this movie see what he thinks about it um because i can tell you right now there's no way he could sit through it he's uh too fidgety yeah oh and uh somebody else in the chat here chris perry hey chris uh recognize him from uh uh he's a subscriber to my channel and a fellow florida man like myself sweet i'm a former Um, florida man and uh and i guess he also he's also has something coming with gun bear who, as we know, is also uh, from Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, thanks for hanging out, Chris. Um, oh, but uh, yeah, man, like I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't, this movie, I don't know. It's, it's not like terrible, but also I thought it was a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think I might have confused some of it maybe with the sequel, which I remember is a little bit more complicated. I think, um, but. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like it's probably like a good sort of middle of the road like family film um, that I would say probably doesn't stand the test of time. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, I would say does not stand the test of of time. But um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind <laughs> if I was into tattoos. I wouldn't mind having the bald book lady as a tattoo on my people people would think that she's the lady from uh the cyber cyber cybermorph, I think it's the name of the game. The uh the oh, ja- right. Atari Jaguar game, the where did you learn to fly lady? That, right. There she is, because that's what she looks like to me. Right, right, for sure. Um Okay. Well, I think we can close the book on Care Bears. No one ever needs to watch the movie ever again. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, hey, check it out. Why not? Um, and uh, don't. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it just for the for the performance of bald headed book lady. I'll say that. Yeah, she's um, pretty good. Yes. Yeah, and so- it's short. It's like an hour and 15, 20 minutes or something. For sure. Um, so we'll uh, jump into our next segment and then we'll wrap it up. What on earth have you been working on? It's time for Project Report. 
So, buddy, how's uh, how's your uh, video going? Uh, it's going pretty good. The uh, Super Mario Kart video. I, I refilmed all of my uh, on-camera scenes because I wasn't happy with them. So mm -hmm. that kind of slowed things down a little bit. But uh, I just uh, wasn't happy with my takes Aww. on it. So uh, and yeah, just wanted to uh, redo it. Uh, so I, I did. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty close to finished. I've got like about a page and a half to do. I probably would have already been finished had I not refilmed that stuff because I'm in some of the 3D scenes mm -hmm. in the on-camera stuff. So I had to like re-render those 3D scenes. And when you were in those, forever. when you were in those scenes, did you see like Tron in there? Was he? Yes, there? I saw. And the Jeff the lawnmower man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jeff Fahey, the Je the two Jeffs of uh, the virtual world. Yes, and Bruce Box Leitner, isn't he? Yeah, Tron? that's true. Oh wow, you, Cap Captain Commander Sheridan. You know uh, your stuff. We five. should do a podcast together someday um, <laughs> uh, cool well um, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that video uh, I went and recorded more videos for Tim's toy box which is a YouTube channel uh, where my friend uh, unboxes all of his many boxes that he orders off of uh, eBay and uh, other various websites that and it's just chock full of retro toy goodness. I mean, he's got like everything. G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, he's a pretty good host too. So there'll be a, a link in the description if you want to check that out. And of course, the production is top notch. <laughs> um, so, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Obscurity Now. What have we learned yet? <laughs> Well, we've learned that actually, I would say the message from the Care Bears movie is that having friends is a terrible idea because these kids got into a very, these orphans got into a very dangerous situation mm -hmm. where they could have been killed. Mm -hmm. a, a sorcerer with powers from beyond the, the human realm tried to kill them <laughs> all because they made friends with these damn bears. So if these kids had not made friends with these bears, they would have been a lot safer. That's what I took away from Well, that. and I learned just don't be an orphan. Like to begin with, I mean, yeah, just, just, yeah, and don't be poor either while you're at it. Just, yeah. just don't do it. Well, <laughs> according to uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, if you don't want to be poor, look at what poor people are doing and then do the opposite of it. Ugh, man, uh, Bobby was great. By the way, we, we don't, we, we don't really think that you can just will yourself to not be poor. We're just no, around. no, yeah, definitely not. Uh, that's not how we swing here on Obscurity. Now, well. All of you who uh, join us in the chat, uh, thank you so much. Um, yes, thank you. There'll be a pre-recorded message after this with uh, links to the uh, email and Instagram and all that other stuff. So please like and subscribe. I'm just going to go ahead and say that anyway. And we will see you next time on Obscurity Now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and broadcast to Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes. And take notice of our various social media links, if that's what you're into. I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity now. now.